Hello, left fielders. Welcome to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. This is where things get very exciting for me because we're able to help our clients achieve their goals sooner, getting back to time, energy, attention, and money. Why do we have to deal with Wall Street's shenanigans if we can do a more sane way of living, a more sane way of dealing with money, and we can enjoy more time, energy, and attention with our money? Hey, Left Fielders, this is Julian McClurkin from TribeVest. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Jim Pfeiffer for a masterclass. I learned so much from passive investing to real estate syndications to how you can diversify your portfolio with a tribe. I also learned how this form of passive investing was only available to the wealthy until recently. If I learned a lot, you will too. Go to leftfieldinvestors.com and check out the masterclass button at the top or look up TribeVest on YouTube. I'll see you there. You are listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast, powered by TribeVest. The mission of Left Field Investors is to build a community of like-minded individuals interested in creating financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. In this podcast, Jim Piper will interview passive investors, syndicators, and others who will share their journey with a focus on helping the passive real estate investor learn and become part of the left field community. This is Dan Hanford from PassiveInvesting.com, and you're listening to Passive Investing from Left Field Podcast. I'm really excited today to have Mark Willis with us. He is a man on a mission to help you think differently about your money. I love that, your economy and your future. He is a certified financial planner, a best-selling author, the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services as a financial firm in Chicago, and co-host of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven tax-efficient financial solutions, unknown to most financial gurus. And that's the kind of stuff I love, is finding out the stuff that no one's doing, but they should be doing. So Mark, welcome to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. Hey, I love being on, man. And my mom always said I was outstanding in the field. And I didn't realize that that was out in left field. So I'm glad to be on the show. You're in the right spot. That's fantastic. So the first question I always ask is, is I'd like to hear about your journey, your financial journey. How did you get to where you are to be a certified financial planner, to have a podcast, and to be helping people with these unknown to most financial solutions? Well, I certainly didn't get handed a silver spoon as a child. Uh, In fact, I got handed a paper bag and uh, I put my coins and allowance and lemonade stand money and that sort of thing in there. And at at about age five, I had accumulated just enough to go open a checking account. My mom apparently wanted me to do that. So my job as a little kiddo was to take my paper bag full of money, wadded up dollar bills, that sort of thing, walk into this strange place called a bank and literally hand over my entire life savings over to an absolute stranger with a little name tag on his vest and watch him walk away with all my money. And I was supposed to just trust him and trust my mom that that was a good idea. Now, she was just trying to do the right thing to teach her kiddo about money and how that works. But fast forward a few more years, and now I'm graduating from college in the middle of the Great Recession. 
with three private school degrees between my wife and I and over six figures of student loan debt with no plan to pay it off and realizing all of a sudden that banks are not the generous benefactors that I once thought they were. In fact, they wanted to pull blood out of the stone, so to speak, and they were happy to do it in the midst of the Great Recession when we had no job, no prospects. But one thing I can say that was a benefit there was it got me really focused on my own financial life, and I started educating myself on finances. In fact, I got so nerdy in, the fa- in, in this area that I worked for a CPA and overheard some pretty wild conversations in the middle of the Great Recession, as she was calling her clients. But I also got really interested, so much so that I went through and got my certified financial planner designation and started a financial firm from a, for uh, clients all across the country. And I've had the great privilege of working with folks who you know are business owners, real estate investors, NFL Super Bowl champions. But honestly, Jim, most people I work with are people who just want to have more control over their life. They want to take back control from what's been taken from them, whether it's through banks or Wall Street. And so, yeah, I'm not your average financial planner. And I love uh, serving clients and helping them move upstream financially. That's great. You know, we're, we are not your average financial community. So I think we might have a, a match here. I want to jump right into it. You know, bank on yourself, infinite banking, whole life insurance. There's a million different words for it. If you Google whole life insurance, you're never coming back from that. So can you just explain to us, what are we talking about here? What is whole life insurance or bank on yourself? What's the big deal? Well, I will classify this first and just say, hey, as a certified financial planner, everybody starts with their needs first. I would much rather Tiger Woods golf swing to Tiger Woods golf clubs. Now, most people focus on the clubs and we're going to talk about the clubs some on our episode today, but you got to get the swing first. And what is the swing? Well, the swing is really understanding what do you truly want your money doing for you? So many people would rather give you their best financial plan. People, everybody in the world has a plan for your money. You might as well have a plan for your own money. Banks certainly have a plan for your money. Marketers certainly have a plan for your money. Wall Street certainly, certainly has a plan for your money and be happy to take a fee off your money and plan to retire before you could. So you must have a plan. And part of having that plan is knowing what you really want. And I'll tell you, to be very honest with you, very few people know what they truly want. In fact, it's a great thought exercise to just sit down with a legal pad. You could do this in five minutes. It's totally free. And just write down a list not of nouns, but of adjectives, not of labels for money, but of characteristics and attributes. What am I talking about? What are some nouns for money? Well, 401k, that's a noun, savings account, real estate, syndication deals, annuities, whole life insurance, mutual funds, dynastic trusts. Those are all just different labels for your money. But what I'm more interested in when I sit down and and speak with clients over phone or over Zoom is What do you truly want your money doing for you? What sort of action items? What sort of characteristics, verbs and adjectives is what I love to focus on. So we talk about passive income. We talk about competitive yield that beats inflation. We talk about privacy. Whenever someone goes snooping around your net worth, are they going to find all of your money or could we keep some of it somehow private? We want collateralization. We want tax-free buildup, tax-free access to cash. I mean, I'm just giving you a random sampling here. Would you add anything to that list? Anything else you want your money doing for you? I guess 
for me, and maybe the, I'm not very good at grammar, so I don't know if these are nouns or verbs, but for me, it's all about <laughs> getting to be financially free that gives me time freedom. So everything I do, I'm focused on time go. freedom. And so whatever tools or whatever golf clubs or whoever swing you want to give me, as long as I am moving in the direction of having choices, that's what I want. I want optionality. Yeah. Optionality, time freedom. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the energy and time and attention and money, those are the four currencies we all have access to. Time, energy, attention, and money. It's the team framework that we talk quite a bit about. T-E-A-M, time, energy, attention, and money. Money is just part of the deal, but time freedom, boy, that's a really good one. And that's certainly why passive real estate can be a great answer here. Can you talk about energy and attention. I like your team concept. I get the time, I get money. So what, what's energy and attention? Yep. Well, let's think about it. So if you have a full day ahead of you and you're just you know lazily laying on the couch, what is getting your attention? Realize there's a reason why we use the phrase to pay attention to. We're paying attention. It's a currency, just like money is a currency, just like time is a currency. You can spend time with your family or you can spend time, you know, on the conveyor belt at the day job. Okay. So your attention is a currency, your energy. Certainly I can spend myself on a workout. Okay. So when you incorporate the team framework, you're just really maximizing all the leverage points of your life, not just the financial assets, but your attention. I'll tell you, people will pay good money to get your attention. That's what Super Bowl ads are all about, is to pay to get your attention. And again, Wall Street would love to get your attention. Marketers certainly love to get your attention. And this is why I think it's so cool that you've built this community of left field investors so you guys can share in the attention economy together. What are we learning together? What did I find over here? What deal could I come to the community with to get feedback and so forth and so on. So that's well, that's what I mean by the attention asset in your overall framework. I like that. that. That's a great way to look at it. And to me, as you were explaining it, they're all things you spend. You spend your time, energy, attention, and money. So you need to have, I guess we go back to, you need to have a plan, right? You want to get all that under your control. And that's kind of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and money actually can help with the purposes of the other three. So, you know, when I have enough money, I have the time freedom, as you mentioned, or I can invest in my health to build up my energy. So there's lots of ways you can use the two, the four assets together in tandem with each other. It's almost like nitro and glycerin. They can work really well together to make each other stronger. But so that's where I like to start. And, but it's oftentimes true that the same answers come up. When I ask somebody, well, what do you want your money doing for you? They give me similar answers and they go through a pretty long list. If we really do that thought exercise and somewhere around the 10th or 11th characteristic, they start to sort of hesitate and they look at me sort of like, well, Mark, if I create a financial product that's doing everything I just said, you know, let's say it's got guaranteed growth. Let's say it's got a competitive rate of return. Let's say it's got liquid access to the money that I can use for investments or other opportunities. Let's say I have a tax-free yield in retirement. Let's say I've got privacy against creditors or lawsuits or other, you know, predators on my net worth. Let's say that I want to be able to collateralize it and use it for loans pretty quickly. Clients begin to sort of think, well, wow, this, this may or may not be legal, what we're talking about here. And strangely enough, 
I felt the same. And so I was just following the to-do list that the world hands you, get the 401k, get the savings account, account, get that checking account mom gave me when I was five years old, get the student loans, get the credit cards, get the house, all that stuff. And I never really stopped to say, well, what, what is it I truly want my money doing for me? But when I started making that list and I started going through the CFP training, I, I was compelled by this one asset that's been around for hundreds of years that checked all of my boxes. And that was dividend paying whole life insurance. And so we've come full circle now, back down the ladder of mindset, down to boring old whole life insurance. Now, most people, if they haven't unsubscribed from your show yet, and I apologize if they did, but if you're still with us, guys, hold tight because this is not your grandpa's whole life insurance, all right? This is an asset that has been around for hundreds of years. Uh, It's a dividend-paying, mutually-owned whole life insurance policy modernized for maximum cash accumulation and offers non-direct recognition policy loans, which allow us to do some pretty incredible things. Now, I realized that was a huge mouthful, so we just simplify that and call it bank-on-yourself type whole life insurance. All right, so there are a few things that really make this asset shine for me. I'll boil it down, because I'm great with acronyms, I'll boil it down to four TGIF, okay? TGIF, so team and TGIF. T is tax advantages, it can be put into the policy after tax, you can access the money anytime you want. You could be 35 or 55 or 75 years old. And if it's designed properly, you can get the whole thing out tax-free, both principal and through a loan. You can get the gains out totally income tax-free. That's a tremendous benefit. I'd be done talking about it. And we could just talk about that because it's like a mega Roth IRA. It's like a Roth IRA that has no income phase-outs or contribution limits. So that's T, tax advantages. Two, and there's a lot more there, but we'll just move right along. Two, G is uh, guarantees. So whole life insurance is guaranteed to give you a higher cash value this year than you had last year. That's a contractual guarantee. There's nothing else I'm familiar with that has that kind of a competitive guarantee. It surely beats my savings accounts, other money market accounts, CDs, savings bonds, that sort of thing. It's never going to beat the best year of the stock market, but it builds on itself every single year. So it's true compounding. Most people think they're compounding their wealth when actually they're just bouncing up and down and changing the value of their net worth. Change is different than compounding. Here's what I mean in a quick example. Let's say you had 10 grand and you invested it into a stock. And let's say that that stock went from 10,000 bucks to 20,000 bucks. You doubled your money. That's a hundred percent rate of return. So you're like, wow, that's cool. I'm sticking with that stock. But the second year, let's say year two, we lose half of the value of that stock, 20,000 comes back down to 10. You have a negative 50% year, youch. So you went up 100, you went down 50. Are you any wealthier as a result? You started with 10, you ended with 10,000. Any wealthier? You're not, but I think your standard financial advisor would say that you've, what, 25% return, right? That's very insightful. Yeah, that is what average rates of return get us. And that's why, as you and I are saying, we're not so average around here. I don't believe in averages. I don't want to be average. I want to be awesome. So average rates of return are meaningless, but compound linear growth and compound growth give us that beautiful, ever-increasing compounding asset. That It's like that beautiful J-curve that us financial advisors love to draw. For folks, that's the second one, guarantees. And last year's gain is locked in. So we don't lose last year's gain if we stumble this year because the policy grows guaranteed. So that's G, guarantees. Third, it is insurance. 
I stands for insurance. We're automatically going to leave our family more than we could ever save for them in the contract just because it's an asset known as life insurance. All right, so if I put a dollar in my savings account and I pass away, my family gets a dollar. If I put a dollar into life insurance and pass away, my family gets, you tell me, depending on your age, it might be $3, $5, $10, depends. So that's an incredible gift and it's an income tax-free legacy I, I make right away. Don't need a big fancy trust or a lot of paperwork to do it. And then finally, financing. Your need for financing, as a CFP, I've got to say it clearly as I can, your need for financing is very likely greater than your need for insurance. So, you know, most people don't come to me looking for a mega giant life insurance policy. They're looking for ways to make major purchases because they've got investments to get into. They've got kids to send to college. They've got a retirement to prepare for. They've got their own financial goals. They want freedom. They want you know, transcendence. They want the kind of independence that you talk about on your podcast and more. So financing is the biggest hurdle that most people have in their financial life. And the problem is most people are having to beg somebody else for that financing operation. Again, banks have only been around in their modern form for the last couple hundred years. That's not so long in the grand scheme of things. There's a book out there, Jim, it's called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> By David Graeber. What a title, right? So banking and debt and banking has been around for as long as we've been keeping records, but modern banks are relatively new. So what if you could take back the banking function and bring that back in-house? That's what bank on yourself type policies let us do. And I'll wrap this little montage up as quick as I can with a simple example. Let's say that you've packed a bunch of money into one of these policies. You, now you've got a hundred thousand bucks in one of these policies. It's got a cash value of a hundred thousand. Let's say it's got a death benefit of a million bucks just to, to kind of round that off there. Let's say you want to borrow against the policy. You're allowed to do that. There's a contract that says you can borrow as much out of that cash value as you have, usually 90% or so. And let's say you put 80,000 bucks into an investment opportunity. Well, the nice thing about this tool and what I think is just game changing for me is that when you borrow against the life insurance policy, it will continue to grow compounding on the full 100,000 bucks, even on the 80 grand you borrowed as if there was no loan. So we just did something very interesting. We accessed the asset, our life insurance. We put it into another asset the real estate deal or the syndication deal, now our money is having a double yield there. Our policy is growing. Hopefully our real estate deal is doing its thing. Cash flow is there, tax advantages, et cetera, et cetera. And you get to repay that loan to the policy that you control at any pace you wish. I mean, there was a lot there. That's fantastic. So one thing I want to stress is designed properly. That was one of the words you used, designed properly. And I'd like you to expand on that a little bit, but I want to add a little bit of color there because the first life insurance policy I ever had was designed improperly. I did not have an agent who really knew what he was doing. That agent was me. I sold it to myself. But at the time, I just did the standard life insurance policy that I was taught to sell to everybody. And that is not this policy. The bank on yourself stuff you're talking about is not that right? These kind of policies, you know, let's be honest here, the commissions to the agents are much less than a standard policy. So I don't think agents are out there trying to rip people off. I really don't. But when you're sitting there trying to figure out, hey, what's the best thing to present to them? 
you present what you're taught to present, which is the standard, which also happens to be the high commission one. So can you talk a little bit about designed properly, that phrase? Well, you bring up a great story, and it's not uncommon. I read the other day that there are over 400,000 life insurance agents in the United States. That's just gobsmacked me when I read that, but that's one for that's one agent for every 800 Americans. And this is why you probably know somebody who had their license right out of college or whatever. And I'll tell you the things that we've just gone through in these last 15, 20 minutes here. People who are listening now know more than 99% of life insurance agents on this particular type of whole life insurance. And you're exactly right. It's designed improperly can be the difference between success and failure here. It's not unlike an elevator. You know, if you get into a properly designed elevator that was engineered by a professional who was certified and who knew what he or she was doing, all you have to do is to get in the elevator and push a button and up you go. That's all that matters, right? But if it's improperly designed by your cousin Eddie, you're going to push that button and look out below. You know, it's a big deal. So yes, you're right. Not only the commissions can be a problem, you're right there. And that slows down the growth of the cash value when that happens. But also you can get into a taxable nightmare if you've not properly set this policy up. It could significantly reduce your benefits if you get a direct recognition loan on the contract. Sounds arcane, doesn't sound important. But if you borrow against a direct recognition life insurance loan, that same example, 100 grand of cash value, borrow out 80,000 in that same example I just went through. If it's direct recognition, you only get earnings and dividends while the loan is outstanding on the remaining 20,000 bucks that's still in your policy. So to me, this breaks compound growth. It totally it's a moot point. The rest of the loans and all the magic that you might hear about on the interwebs about this, it doesn't matter if we don't get uninterrupted compounding when we access the capital. Uh, so this is just three or four of dozens of different nightmare scenarios that we've seen over the years. I've seen thousands of different illustrations and policies over the years. And that's why, yes, I, I went through the extra hoops and training. It took me another three years beyond my CFP to be a bank on yourself professional. There are a lot of nicknames out there for this strategy out there. Infinite this and wealth family that, and you can probably search for it as well as I could. But the only training program that has a certification and authorization to it, a quality control standard is a bank on yourself. And so that's why I went through that extra hoop and have that uh, certification as well. Just a quality control for anybody who wants to purchase a policy. If you get a bank on yourself professional, you know you're getting a bank on yourself designed, true bank on yourself designed policy. Since you are here listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're investing with a group of people. Whether you're investing with family or friends or like-minded people in the left field investors community, group investing is a strategy that can get you into more deals, help you diversify, and go beyond what you can achieve by yourself. Before TribeVest came along, it was difficult to overcome all the hurdles associated with group investing. It was basically a strategy reserved for the wealthy. Not anymore. Now, TribeVest helps your group with everything from incorporation, collaboration, banking, and equity management tools all in a single place. So you can focus on building wealth with the people you know, like, and trust. I'm using TribeVest for all five now six of my investor tribes. It's a game changer. Check them out at tribevest.com.
Hi, I'm Matt Piccini, here to help you learn to produce passive income, write your own story, and direct your dollars toward positive change. My book, Backstage Guide to Real Estate, will take you through the highlights and the lowlights of my adventures in real estate, starting as a rank amateur just leaving the acting world, all the way to where I am now, an owner of thousands of apartment units across the country. This book is my story in passive real estate investment. Yours will be different reflecting your priorities, goals, and sense of purpose, but I'm hoping that our stories will share one thing, the belief that passive investment is the road to financial freedom, and that you can use that freedom to improve your own life and the life of your family and leave your community, your country, and even the world a little better than you found it. Are you ready? <laughs> Good. Then go to Pacheni.com to get more info on the book. That was gonna be my next question. And maybe you can answer it. So if you're, because a lot of people already have their own advisor, right? So they're going to say, hey, I just heard on this podcast, this great thing, uh, bank on yourself for this whole life insurance policy. It'll do all this great stuff. And their advisor will have several uh, possible answers, right? Oh, that sounds like a bad idea, you know, or, oh, I can do that for you. Here, let me show you this mutual fund. Yeah, I can do mm -hmm. that for you. And then my question would be, well, why did I have to bring yeah. this idea to you? Why didn't you bring it to me? So how do yeah. I, if if I have an advisor already, how do I talk to them about this? If I don't have an advisor and I'm looking for one, other than the bank on yourself qualified, how do I make sure that they're the right person? Because maybe I know somebody or I think I know somebody and they're not bank on yourself, but maybe they, they are, they do know what they're doing. So how do I know mm -hmm. if I'm working with the right person? You're really asking a great question. And Nelson Nash started this movement, this revolution, a long time ago. I mean, he was figuring these things out in the late 70s, early 80s. But again, the tool itself has been around and used by many famous people, including Walt Disney, JCPenney during the Depression, multiple presidents, banks are some of the biggest purchasers of these. So there's been a long history of social proof here. But when it comes to your agent or your financial professional, you're right. The shortest thing I can say is if they are not bank on yourself professionals, it's going to be very tough for you to educate them and spend that time to educate them. And are they really going to take your advice if you're just their, merely their client, let's say? I hate to say it that crudely, but that's unfortunately the case. You know, if you ask a barber if you should grow out your hair, you can bet what his answer is going to be. All right. So in some ways, it's sort of a uh, uphill battle. I'll just call it that to educate your advisor. And why should you have to? Can't you have a team of advisors, a CPA, an estate planning attorney, a real estate agent, a real estate attorney, a bank on yourself professional, property and casualty insurance agent? The list can go on and on. But the important thing as a certified financial planner is that I do the right thing for my clients, which is why I went through that extra training and, and certification to do bank on yourself. Now, we do have a list of 29 different characteristics and attributes that you can read, learn about, understand on our podcast. It's episode 159 if folks want to go find it, or I can just send it to folks if they want to reach out to me at the end of the episode. Perfect. So I have a couple more questions on kind of this topic. And I think this one might be a two-part question, but why are people so afraid of life insurance, like the whole life insurance, Google it, you'll see what I mean. And so that's one side of it. The other side is, I know they're afraid of it, but once they fit, why isn't everyone doing this? I know when I bought my first policy, I was terrified because I read the internet and the internet's bad. So why isn't everyone doing this? And why are so many people afraid of it? 
Well, there's a definitely Dr. Google out there. If you've ever seen a little spot on your neck or something, don't Google that either. (laughs) Just go go find someone who knows what they're talking about and, and work with them. But as far as fear and why isn't everyone doing this? It is a lot like, you know, when when I was a kid, a little older, I was helping my dad on the roof, uh, doing some roof repair. And at first I was super scared. And then over time, I get more and more used to it. In fact, I was so used to it that all we did to keep me up there safe was to, I just climbed up the roof and my dad tied a little garden hose around my waist. And we're up on like a you know, on a hill, basically on a two-story building, looking over a, a big drop. And so that was familiarity bias is what we call that. And I would also say that, yeah, you want to start to look for things when you buy them. So like when you buy a red car, you start to find all the red cars around. So as a financial professional who deals in this, who specializes in this, in my financial firm, I see it everywhere. I see more people saying, Mark, how do I get another one of these? How can I do more with whole life insurance in my portfolio. And we're looking at five, six figure a year premiums for folks, but it doesn't have to be mega. It can be small too. You know, you can start with a couple hundred bucks a month and try it yourself. As far as why people might be so against it online, well, all I can say is, is it possible that the internet could be wrong about something? (laughs) All right. And might they have their own biases and do they truly have your best interest at heart? The commenter on that Reddit forum, does he know what you need? For your retirement, for your financial life? I'm probably not. So the best thing I can say is start with the verbs, the attributes, the characteristics, the adjectives, and then get into labels. If you really want to fight people online, good luck to you. But there's just so many people who have, I think, oversold whole life insurance, those greedy commission salesmen. But I got to say too, there was a reason why the movie was called The Wolf of Wall Street, not The Wolf of Insurance. There's quite a bit of greed all around the financial industry. So it comes down to not so much, is it a whole life product or an index fund or a real estate deal? But it it really comes down to what do you want and can you trust the people that you're working with to do the right thing for you? And as a fiduciary, I try to do and must do what's in my client's best interest. And I won't recommend bank on yourself just to anybody who you know walks through our door. We have to do a financial consultation first, figure out if that person is really gonna benefit from this and exactly how we should design it. And if it's not bank on yourself, we've, we are a full financial firm. We'll go down the list of a number of other tools and resources, including real estate that should be incorporated into somebody's portfolio. And I think that that's one of the keys is we've said it over and over is you have to find the right professional to help you. Because I think some of the reason that whole life gets a bad name is because a lot of the policies are structured improperly or are too much for the the person and it looks great in year one and then they can't afford it after that and so they're they blame the tool instead of the tool that sold in the policy right so that's right that's well said i think it's very important to find someone who knows what they're doing and i want to talk so there's been a lot of change uncertainty in the economy interest rates are going up inflation going up this is good if you're in certain investments it's bad if you're in other investments and it's just uncertainty is is a problem so talk to me about how inflation and interest rates rising affects your bank on yourself policy and your whole life insurance we've certainly seen mortgage rates rise dramatically in the last year in many ways it's doubled the cost of home ownership for a lot of folks and that's made 
it untenable to become a homeowner for many people. The gallons of milk. I just bought an $8 latte today, $8 for a latte. And if folks keep listening to this a year or two from now, that might sound quaint. You know, we might be talking $20 lattes. Maybe I should go back to Folgers. I don't know. But you're right. Interest rates, prices are going up. So with whole life insurance, it is unaffected from market volatility. The markets, as we're recording this, most of the indices are down 25, 30%. That's real money for people, especially if you're already in retirement and relying on that as a stream of income. So that's also going to impact our renters and our real estate deals. And it's going to move people to various sectors of the real estate economy. But when you're, when you're dealing with whole life insurance, it's guaranteed to grow. We've mentioned that. In fact, Every single one of our clients that have one of these policies are hitting all-time record highs this year. And I know some people who would give their right arm just to not lose any more money in the markets. But here, my clients are hitting all-time record highs this year, and they'll do it again next year on a guaranteed basis. And what's more to that effect, there are dividends paid on whole life insurance. Jim, you're familiar with this, so you might even be able to finish my thought here. But as interest rates continue to stay stubbornly high, that's Good news for the insurance companies that invest in mostly bonds, mortgages, etc. Now, their main business is not to invest in bonds and whatever. Their main business is life insurance and actuarial tables and that sort of thing. But when they don't need to send that money out as a death benefit every year, they sit on that money and put it to work. And so as that pool of money is exposed to higher interest rates, like bonds going up in, in terms of their yield to maturity value, not their par value, but their yield to maturity. And as it, as mortgage rates rise and as other fixed income goes up, that actually is going to benefit and increase the profitability of the insurance company. And if it's a mutually owned life insurance company, which is the only kind we recommend for bank on yourself, if it's a mutually owned policy insurance company, the policy itself will have a larger dividend, which means our policies grow even faster as interest rates rise. Go back to the early 80s, and you can see dividend rates on whole life insurance in the 12%, 15%, and beyond to kind of mirror what was going on in the mortgage world. That's what I was hoping you would you would talk about because years ago when I was selling some life insurance, we would look at the illustrations and we'd kind of think to ourselves and, and say, hey, you know, it seems like interest rates are historical lows. So the illustration is showing kind of the worst case and then interest rates went down even further. And then we're like, Oh, wow. You know, so now you're kind of, we should see hopefully an uptick in dividend payouts, which is a huge, huge benefit to life insurance holders right now. I just want to emphasize, I don't see my whole life policy as an investment. It is nice to get that yield and it sure beats other places. I can park my money, my, especially my cash money you know, my safe, predictable liquid money. It's not an investment though. So I rarely keep all of my cash value just sort of souring inside my policy. I'm regularly looking for opportunities and so are our clients regularly looking for opportunities. They can put their work, their money to work in. Syndication deals, real estate deals, ATM, storage units, even the stock market, if you find a great deal there, right? We don't like to just spend our cash value on consumables like sports cars, although you can do that too. The main thing we try to aim our clients toward are how can we achieve financial freedom by getting our money to do as many jobs as possible at the same time. If my policy is growing at, let's just say, a net after the loan of 4 or 5%, let's say, and then the syndication is, you know, what is it, 8, 10, 12%, let's say, you've just increased your yield without any additional market risk. 
due to the guarantees of the life insurance when you use the policy rather than just paying cash for your syndication deal. So this is where things get very exciting for me because we're able to help our clients achieve their goals sooner, getting back to time, energy, attention, and money. Why do we have to deal with Wall Street's shenanigans if we can do a more sane way of living, a more sane way of dealing with money, and we can enjoy more time, energy, and attention with our money? Yeah, that's well said. Because if you think about it, if you're the bank, if you're being your own bank, then when you take the money out and invest it in something that's leverage, right? You're using some leverage and then you're investing it in, say, a real estate syndication that also has leverage. Now you kind of get double leverage, but you're also being conservative because you're the bank. So if something happens, and I don't want to get in the weeds here, but you can pay the loan off. You cannot pay the loan off. If things are structured properly, you kind of save yourself from some of the problems you might get if, say, you took out a line of credit on you know, your mutual fund or stock holdings, where if those go down, yeah. you could be in trouble. But here, you're a little bit safer. And so I don't look at it as an investment either. It's all, We used to call it kind of like a turbocharger on some of your investments, because what it does is it just gives you more capital that you can use, and it's tax-free and has all those other benefits. So yeah. Can you, I guess you, you kind of mentioned it, but can you talk a little bit more about the possibilities of how you would take some money out, what that looks like, and put it somewhere else, and then you pay it back? Do you pay the interest back? Do you pay both back? Like, how do you, because you kind of get it into a velocity of money is what we're talking about, right? Moving your money, getting multiple returns from $1. I'd like to end just on a brief explanation of, of how that works. Would you like uh, some specific numbers involved too? Would that help? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. All right. I realize that can be tricky on a podcast. And I also want to just quickly tell folks, this is not a good fit for you if you cannot save money. So if you're living beyond your means, probably need to get that fixed first. Now that said, you can start a policy before you're debt free. I did. I used my policy to pay off all my student loan debt or much of my student loan debt. I'd been throwing some money at my debt before I learned about Bank on Yourself. But as soon as I found out about Bank on Yourself, I stopped throwing money at my debt. I still paid the minimums, of course, but I quickly figured out that I could build up wealth inside my policy, then take and borrow against that policy to wipe out my debt one after the other after the other. The advantage there is that I got the asset earning for me earlier and sooner. You know, I wasn't four years older or five years older before I started saving. I started saving today, right now. And that got my compounding working now. And I still was student loan debt free at the end of that story. But now I've got an asset and now I am the banker. I bought back my debt from Sally Mae and her cronies. And so that to me was better than debt free. And that's what I used my policies for first, along with other things as well to get the business started by some you know, vehicles for the family and, and do some other now real estate investing and more. So give you an example of how this works. And let me know, Jim, if this is uh, to your question. I actually know of a strategy that can make this really simple, just to kind of boil it all down. After we've had several conversations with you over the phone or over Zoom, and we determine that this tool is a good fit, we will set up a life insurance policy, go through an application process to get that started. At that point, you know, we go through an underwriting process that just to see how you'd be approved financially and medically and that sort of thing. And once the policy is 
open, you're able to put money into it. They call that premium. And that premium is what's used to sort of accumulate the wealth in the policy. And that policy begins to build wealth within 30 days of starting your policy. And you can access that money within 30 days of starting the policy. In fact, uh, there was a 35-year-old who felt comfortable putting in. It was a challenge, but it was a good number for him. He could put in 1500 bucks a month into one of these policies. So at the end of the first year, that's 18 grand a year, by the way. At the end of the first year, he already had 11000 bucks in cash value in his policy and a s- almost $700,000 death benefit. Now, he put in 18, but he had 11,000 available to him. Sounds like that cost him some money, right? So it cost him some money to put that cash value to work. He was buying an asset. So again, another person this might not be right for is if you need instant overnight rate of return. You're not gonna get it with whole life insurance. It's a slow and steady generational tool that can build wealth for you, but also for your kids and grandkids. But by year three, he's already got $40,000 of cash value. And by the way, his death benefit is now over three quarters of a million bucks. So he borrows 35 grand the following year from his policy, $35,000, borrows against his policy. And then he gets to decide and control how much he pays back to the policy he owns. Maybe he puts that 35 grand to work in a joint venture real estate deal. Maybe it's a fix and flip. Whatever he wants to do with the money, it's his money to do with, right? And then he gets to use, maybe it's rent money from the real estate that he purchased. Maybe it's a cash out refinance. But whatever he does, he's able to put that money back into the policy. Again, all that goes in after tax. So there's no taxes due in that policy. And that money, in my numbers and example here, I have him paying his loan off at about $750 a month for the next five years. And He does this not just once, not twice, but six different times over his lifetime. And so after 35 years of funding his policy and borrowing from the policy and paying it back, he has $1.2 million of cash value. And he's got hopefully six different real estate deals doing what they're doing as well. All that to me says that's a great way to combine the power of bank on yourself with real estate opportunities. Again, to use the, the analogy of nitroglycerin, it's, it's much better together. Whole life is great, real estate's great. They're better together. They work better together because of what we've just described. I cannot argue with that at all. And that, that's a great place to end. The last question I always ask is, what's a great podcast that you listen to? And just for the record, you cannot say, not your average financial podcast that's going in the show notes anyway. So you got to pick somebody right. else's podcast. Well, hey, you know, there's a number of colleagues of mine that I can uh, shamelessly plug, good friends and colleagues that are also bank on yourself professionals. So I'll, I'll sidestep the rules just slightly and uh, let you know about Thinking Like a Bank with Sari Ibrahim and Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast with Brandon and Amanda Neely. Both incredible people, some of the best, smartest, kindest people I know, and doing some incredible work helping us think different about money. Awesome. That's fantastic. And last, if listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, and again, thank you for the opportunity. If you'd like to build some wealth outside of Wall Street on the left field (laughs) uh, side of the equation, I'd love to talk. We work with clients all around the country to build real wealth using these policies and other strategies like them and to coordinate with your real estate portfolio. The best website is kickstartwithmark.com. That's kickstartwithmark, with a K, dot com. Be happy to chat. We can set up a 15-minute strategy session to answer your questions. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes. And thank you very much, Mark. This was a great 
intro to life insurance and whole life insurance and how to use it with real estate. So thank you very much. We appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Lots of good information in there from Mark. You know, the opening analogy, I've heard this before, but I liked how he said it. You know, would you want Tiger Woods swing or his clubs? And of course you take his swing. That's, I think, the problem sometimes we get into with financial planners is that they're always trying to sell you a set of clubs instead of showing you the right swing. And then you can figure out the tool to use and the swing is more of the strategy. So I do like that analogy. And then team, time, energy, attention, and money. I really like that because those are those are the things that you spend, right? And what you wanna do is figure out how to maximize the time, the energy, the attention, the money that you have, because those are things that you're spending. And so if you could maximize it and really be thoughtful and intentional about what you're doing, I think you'll, you'll have much better success. And then talking about the to-do list from financial advisors, and he, he rattled them off, but you know, the 401k, the IRA, all this standard stuff, it's conventional personal finance. It's, it's getting away from what we're doing, which is community personal finance, right? We're using our community to help us get to financial freedom rather than the traditional path of going down Wall Street and throwing money in your 401k and putting a little bit in an IRA. So you really need to find an advisor who's willing to go the, the alternative community personal finance route rather than just take out their to-do list and, and look at you and say, oh, you're a potential client. You got to do this, 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 and this. They don't even know you yet. So I like that Mark is the kind of advisor that is willing to sit down and find out what you need before he just throws his golf clubs at you, so to speak. We're talking about whole life insurance. It really, it is a really powerful tool. And I know a lot of uh, people in left field use it. I just want to give real briefly example of, of how I use it for the ATMs, right? The ATMs are about 25% cash on cash return. So you give them a hundred grand, they're going to send you 25 grand roughly back for seven years. So what I do, instead of taking that hundred grand out of my pocket, I go to my life insurance. I take a hundred grand out of my life insurance. I throw it in an ATM. Now the first year they're paying me 25 grand. I'm putting that all back to pay off all the interest and pay down the loan. Year two, I'm doing the same thing. Year three, same thing. Year four, same thing. A few months into year five, that entire policy loan is paid off, including all the interest. And for the next three years, they're essentially sending me 25 grand a year. And now this is the power of this strategy. I've created almost $75,000 out of nothing because I have, I've not spent 100 grand. It's back in my policy. While I was using it, my policy was growing as if it wasn't in there. And then once I pay it all back, I just get free money. And I don't even know how to calculate the return of free money. I, I guess it would be infinite. That's a strategy you can use for life insurance. So yes, it's very powerful. And I liked a lot of the stuff that Mark was talking about. I think one of the most crucial things that we talked about is you need to find a professional that will do what you want them to do and what you need them to do. And we've talked about this. How do you find the best syndicators, the best attorneys, the best CPAs, the best financial advisors, the best life insurance agents, all of that? We find that through our community. We ask our community, hey, who are you using for uh, your life insurance? And they throw out a name and you use that person. Maybe someone else throws out a different name now so you can go talk to two people. And that's the way you get quality advisors helping you along the way. You do not need to do all of this by yourself. We're using our community to find professionals that can make us better, that can get us quicker to our financial freedom and whatever that means for you and for me 
That means time freedom to do what I want and to have options. So really enjoyed listening to Mark. I was glad to have him on. We will uh, definitely be keeping track of whole life insurance and seeing where it goes. And especially as the economy is changing, hopefully those dividends will go up. Really enjoyed my conversation with Mark. He had some great ideas, some great topics about life insurance and how to use life insurance. That was really interesting to hear. That's all for today. We'll see you next time in the left field. Thanks for hanging out in left field with us today. If you're interested in becoming a left fielder, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email, jim at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.